0: This is Mark Zavon of Kill Devil Hill, and you're listening to J. Bunny's Music Hub.
1: Welcome to episode 62 of the J. Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J. Bunny. Well, everybody, for this episode, I was back out in the wild, back at a show, back at fucking dingbats. Uh, And it was joined by members of the band Kill Devil Hill: guitarist Mark Zavon, bassist Matt Snell, and fill-in drummer Mike Dubke. It was a great conversation with these dudes. It was a great night, a great fucking concert. Um, And I just, uh, I really think that you guys will enjoy it. If you if you don't know this band, I think that you'll love them. If you love this band, you'll love the interview. Without further ado, here's Kill Devil Hill.
2: Alright, what's up everybody? It is Jay Bunny. I am at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey for the first fucking time since March of last year before all this COVID shit started. Don't worry, I, even though I'm not drinking any beer from Ghost Talk Brewery right now, I was just there and had three, so I'm doing well. Ghost Talk Brewery is awesome, and you should still check them out. They are also based here in Clifton, New Jersey. Joining me today is members of the band Kill Devil Hill. How's it going, everybody?
3: Great. Doing
2: awesome. Alright, righty. Well, as, as I mentioned before we turn the recorder on. I have seen you guys here before. I first became aware of the band back in 2011. I don't know if that's exactly when you formed, but that's when Blabbermouth started putting out press releases that you guys had come together. Could you tell me how the initial band came together?
0: Well, I had hooked up with Vinnie Apacy, and he had a bunch of songs that he had just recorded drum tracks for that he wanted to turn into songs. And so he gave me a bunch of songs, basically just the drums, and I started writing songs to those. And uh, at that time, it was Vinny and myself and Jimmy Bain was
2: playing bass. And, and just so everybody knows, you're Mark the guitarist.
0: Yes, that's correct. So, and then basically we wrote a few songs that way and uh, we had the music sort of together and Vinny asked me if I knew any singers and I had almost put a band together with Dewey and it sort of uh, drove off a cliff before it ever saw the light of day. You know, and, that goes. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> that never happens. But anyway, so I had Dewey's number and I was like, yeah, let me give him a call and he came over and Vinny loved his voice and everything worked out. So Jimmy was falling asleep at the switch a little bit and Vinny and he have a kind of a tenuous relationship or had a tenuous relationship. And so Vinny got tired of that and gave him the boot and we were looking for a bass player and we were looking for a while, auditioned a few guys and then Vinny called me one day and he said, I think I know a guy and I'm like, oh yeah, who's that? And uh, he goes, Rex Brown and I'm a big Pantera fan. So I was like, no fucking way. And so, yeah, that's how that whole thing got together and, you know, I had the name that I had stuck in a hat years ago from uh, Kill Devil Hill where the Wright brothers flew the first plane and so yeah, we used that and, and moved on from there.
2: Alrighty, well that, that covers my first two. You already mentioned the band's initial lineup included former Black Sabbath drummer Vinny Appice, and uh, he stated initially when he left the band in 2014 that he left because it was difficult for the band to get traction, he kind of felt a little a little disappointed that especially with him and Rex and that name and recognition in the band, that he didn't feel it was getting the, the recognition that it should, and that he had a bunch of other stuff on his plate, so, so he left, but there was actually an interview that just was published yesterday where where he had said that he felt like there was a lot of tardiness, there was people not showing up to band practices and shows on time, and that is why he left. I was just wondering if you could give me your side of the story.
0: Well, both are true, and he's right. And There was. I mean, Dewey, our singer, uh, at the time was kind of going through some hard times and, you know, some personal difficulties, and he did have a hard time showing up sometimes, and even when we were on tour, you know, he was... I don't know, man, just having a little bit of trouble. He's he's a totally changed man now, you know, and now he's the first guy anywhere we go, you know. He was the one telling us, hey, man, we're going to be late for soundcheck today when we were on our way here. But in those days, yeah, it was, it was a little harder to wrangle him, and so Vinny was right. And Vinny, he doesn't really put up with that. Right. He, he you know, he's... A named guy you know he's got uh, a history and a reputation he's a pro man he's a star you right know? right so you can't blame the guy for that and i certainly didn't i know i was there i was the first one there because i was stoked to play with those guys. are you kidding me Vinny appasy and rex brown in a room and i get to play guitar <laughs> right, Stop right, it, right, right? right so anyway uh i wish it could have kept going but you know sometimes things don't work out and everything happens for a reason so i try not to question it i mean we've got great guys in the band now and you know, everything happens for a reason, so I'm looking forward to putting out this new record and people hearing what we can do without those guys in the
2: band. Right, I'm going to ask you a bit about that in a, in a little right, bit. Um, right. Now when, when Vinny left, you got Johnny Kelly from Typo Negative in the band. We mentioned he is he's not here tonight, but he is still a member of the band. How did that come about?
0: Actually, he was good friends with Rex because Typo used to open for Pantera. A lot of tours. They, they spent a lot of time together on the road. so. Uh, He knew Johnny, and he was like, hey, Johnny's a great fit. Johnny's got sort of the same style as Vinny, where he likes to pull back and play behind the beat and stuff like that. And So it wound up being a really Mm -hmm. good fit, and Johnny's a great guy, and we all got along really well, still do. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's just been a blessing from day one with Johnny.
2: Okay. And then, Mike, you said that you're here tonight. How how did you get involved with the band?
4: I knew Mark from uh, years ago. Mark was actually responsible for me getting in WASP in 2006. And uh, I, Johnny and I, although like never actually meeting for a number of years, had a number of friends in common. In fact, he he was good friends uh, or is good friends with Mike Duda from Wasp, basically from Wasp. And then uh, as the years went by, we found ourselves kind of involved in a lot of the same projects. And it's kind of funny because I've subbed for Johnny in this band before. Johnny is now the permanent member of Quiet Riot and right. I actually am gonna be subbing for him again next weekend. And I've subbed for him in uh, Hookers and Blow. Okay. With uh, Dizzy Reed and Alex Grossi. Okay. So yeah, Johnny keeps himself busy, but uh, sometimes, you know, the shows overlap and it seems like lately I'm getting the call to do it. So I'm more than happy to be here and uh, play with these best Dardos. Well, there you
2: go. And then Rex left the band in, in 2019. He was initially replaced uh, by Nico Darnis. although it was recently revealed that Five Finger Death Punch former bassist Matt Snell, who's sitting right in front of me, has joined the band. How did you come to meet both of these gentlemen?
0: Well, I met Matt years ago, but Dewey and Matt go way back. So that was an easy, easy choice. You know, Matt's a super cool guy, plays bass like a monster, and, you know, obviously has the experience to... You know he's been on the road and knows what he's doing, so that's a that's an easy choice. Uh, Nico, we picked him because he was a buddy of Dewey's and he played really well, but he didn't have the experience. And when it started to we started to get things going on, he decided he wanted to take a left turn and follow some other path and. Luckily, we weren't in the middle of a tour when he decided that, so it was just sort of a blessing that he chose the time to make his exit that he did. But uh, I wish the guy well, and uh, I hope everything's working out for him.
2: And then, and then Matt, if I might, uh, you know, I'm familiar with you from, from Death Punch, and, and uh, also when you were in uh, My Acumen, I have that album. Um, other than this band, do you have anything else going on right now, or is this sort of your, your only...
5: Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always playing. I'm doing um, a band called Unveil the Strength. Uh, We're kind of on a hiatus at the moment. We finished a record and some videos and stuff, so it worked out perfect for me. Mark just called me one day and said, Hey, do you want to do Kill Devil Hill? We think you're a good fit. And at first I said, Oh shit, that's Dewey. And uh, (laughs) I said, But I love Dewey. Like, he's a brother. Like, I've known him since, you know, we were all working, you know, day jobs and wearing the same shoes for two years, you know. So we go way back, and uh, it was kind of an easy yes. And then uh, we did a record together, which was a lot of fun. So I've pretty much been focused on Kill Devil Hill for this whole year and and for the foreseeable future okay yeah i'm really happy to be here it's a lot of fun it's the easiest group i've ever been in (laughs) trust me i've been in some groups
2: yeah i was gonna say i'm I'm familiar (laughs) with with a couple of them now now just just because like i said i've got that that album maybe it's lesser known is my acumen is that still a band or is that sort of no my acumen i mean we did
5: fine we got a a couple of offers but there you know the singer has kids at the time and that was you know eight years ago um, So the money wasn't there for him to leave his day job. He has a really he runs a business of his own and had family, so he didn't want to do it. Right. So kind of left me hanging in the wind. Right, and I know then, I've seen you. That's Nvidia came out right after that. That's I the other one to that. say. That's yeah. the, I,
2: I couldn't. And so, i know i'm familiar with them but i can't yeah, my, so my brain
5: doesn't i moved on to nvidia we did that project we signed that project and went out and toured it for a while and then you know travis was busy uh within this moment so right. we didn't have a singer when you switch singers on your first record cycle it's kind of a bad thing so right, it's gonna right. work out like it's all good between everybody it's just is a hard business you know right. and the idea is you know i used to be known as a bass whore and i still am i guess i'm gonna sp- say I that's, usually, that's usually yeah. a drummer thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> clearly
2: clearly. <laughs> clearly we're passing drummers around here like a good party yeah. so mark i gotta ask do you ever feel like because you, you've got all of these guys in the band and have been in the band that, that have been in other bands that have names do you ever feel like kill devil hill has to live up to the legacy of its members former bands or do you think that at this point two albums in, third one on the way, the fans kind of accept it as its own thing?
0: I think it's its own thing. I think it's always kind of been its own thing. And, you know, honestly, as much as I loved having Vinny and Rex in the band, most of the writing was Dewey and I. And so, you know, the sound of the band has a lot more to do with what he and I do together than with what anybody else really contributed. So in fact I think it's been more of a collaborative effort this time than it was even back then. Okay. So I'm excited about people hearing what we can do without those guys and I think that you know, if you like the first two records you'll definitely like this one because of the same kind of concepts, the same vibe, the same range of dynamics, all that stuff is all right on the new record just as well as it was on the other one. So there's some really good songs i'm really excited for people to hear it so yeah as far as living up to the legacy i hope people think we do you know but at the end of the day we're just trying to do what we do best
3: right
2: right and so your your first two albums the first one that was the self-titled that was released in 2012 on spv and then 2013's revolution rise was released through century media the the last mention that i saw in an interview about the new album was you guys were looking for the right home the right label home for that album have you made any progress with that? We've got a few irons in the fire,
0: a couple couple offers that we're t- you know taking a look at. We haven't signed anything yet, so we're still kind of entertaining different possibilities, but it, it's not really... Time's kind of on our side because we're not finished recording it yet, so once we're done with it, we're probably going to have to take a hard look at what we want to do because I don't want to sit on it, you know, right, I want people right. to hear it. So. It's just a matter of finding the best thing, you know, the best avenue. Because there's a lot. I mean, music has changed so much, right? Now right. Yeah, and that post COVID world right now. <laughs> yes. So the landscape
5: is way different than it was before. So you have to pick your home correctly, you know, and they have to pick the bands that are willing to, you know, work around that as well. And we're not really sure what that landscape is yet. It's kind of still developing. Right. Right. You yeah. Know, we're just. I mean, we've done this is our third time out since things started opening the, right yeah you, you know, guys are right. just like of shows this weekend and, yeah yeah, yeah. I, go, I go home people like you played shows I'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's kind of normal in some parts of the country we're all back to good so well that's we'll
2: the see. thing like we're in we're in new jersey right now like i i've been doing podcasts over the course of the last year and it seems like some some places of the country just never stopped like talking to 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 some bands on the show in the past like like oh yeah you know in the midwest we're still doing shows like nobody's doing shit here right yeah different states are
0: completely different we did shows in texas back in oh man it was six months six ago. months ago yeah and they were all open and it was it was so it's just uh different from one state to the next and hopefully it'll all open up and be normal again soon right but, uh, in the meantime yeah we're just trying to get that record done so that when things do open up we're standing there ready to go yeah. you know
2: so, so obviously, you know, is signing is going to to have some, you know, signing with whoever you sign with, is is going to have some sort of impact on the uh, on when we can expect the album. But what what can we expect from the album? Well, the drums
0: were recorded at uh, Clear Lake Audio in North Hollywood, and they sound fantastic. Chris Collier is the producer. He's been working with Corn most recently on their last couple of records. Uh, he's doing a great job and. Dewey, right before, literally the day before, uh, he flew out to do these shows. He was in Vegas recording vocals, so he's got about half of it done right now, and the drums, bass, guitars are done, and uh, so we're just a few vocals and solos away from being able to mix it and master it. So you know, next couple of months, I'm expecting it'll be complete. And uh, like I said, there's some some really interesting stuff. Anybody who's a fan of the band's really going to enjoy. It. It's a good listen. So definitely some
2: good songs. All right, excellent. Now it's been eight years since you've released an album have you been solely focused on Kill Devil Hill in that time or have you done other stuff in that eight-year span
0: I put out a solo record a few years back I guess or a couple years back and it was basically at the time Rex had gone on to do his solo thing, right right. and had not quit the band so I would get him on the phone and we would talk and I'd say hey man you know so you know do two projects right do your solo record and then when you're done with that Cycle, then come back to Kill Devil Hill, do a record, we'll do a cycle, and go back to your solo thing, you know, you can juggle both. And he was like, no, no, I want to stay focused on the one thing. And I'm like, well, just let me know when you're ready to, yeah. you know, be, and it took, like, almost, like, what, two years or something? Two or, th- like, almost three years? I don't know how long. It seemed like forever. But during that time that I was waiting for him to decide whether or not he was going to quit, because he was like, I don't want to quit, you right, know? Right, But then, right. You know, and then eventually. He, and
2: then when he did, I remember seeing the press release, he said, I should have done this a year ago. I know it sure would have been nice, <laughs> <laughs> truthfully. But in the meantime, I worked on a. I had a bunch of
0: songs that were just sitting around. Songs that were either outtakes from Kill Devil Hill or outtakes from other bands that I'd been in that were just sitting in a pile. And so I figured I'll just record them and do a solo record myself. You know, I had a a good buddy of mine, Brian Tishy, uh, was in town and was available at the time to, to play drums. So I had him play drums on it. And actually, one of the songs even has Vinnie Appice on it. It was an original demo that never made the cut for the first record and uh yeah so i just put that out to to kill time while i was waiting to do kill devil hill but you know i thought we were just going to put it back together as it was right and uh it turned out we we had to do some restructuring you know but everything happens for a reason like i said man i'm not trying to question things i'm just trying to move forward
2: right right so so matt you you sort of touched a little bit on on where music is now the sort of signature question of this show that I ask everybody that's on the show is how do you feel about the current state of where the music industry is not just post-COVID but in in this space where even before COVID you know, a lot of fans said well, what do we need to buy music for? We can illegally download or subscribe to Spotify bands make all their music at the shows anyway so what do we gotta pay for the music for? And and now music has taken this really sharp turn toward, you know Downloads and, and, and not even downloads, streams versus album sales. How do you guys feel about where we are?
5: Well, the whole key is, is adaptation. I mean, that's in any business. So, in this business, we lost that revenue stream in 2001 is when it started to go away. Right. You know, yeah, Napster. That, Napster, yeah. So, we still sell stuff to people who like artwork, people who still like to hold a CD in their hand and, and have that unbelievable moment of reading lyric sheets. When we were kids, you know, that's still available for people who want it. Um, but you have to evolve and change. People are going to like my daughter doesn't even understand the concept of owning a record, right? Like she just she's nineteen. Why would she know that? Like she grew up at a time when she doesn't need to. So we adapt. You know, we you know we work harder on the road, but we also you know have to do calculations and math in regards to percentages on things and and what's you know streaming can work for you if you work it. You know, you Spotify will pay you. You know, it's not a boatload of money, but it's money. Right. You know, and then how are you going to use it? What are you going to do with it? You know, if you adapt and don't complain, you'll succeed. You know, just sit around and go, oh, this is bullshit. They don't buy my records anymore. Well, they're still listening to your records. Right. And they're still buying your T-shirts and they're still coming to your shows. And you can, I I said this 10 years ago in an interview, you can expect ticket prices to go up because we have to pay for the bus. We have to pay for gas. It doesn't run on friendship. Right, right, right. It just doesn't. So, you know those things happened well it's cool now you get the music for free but the t-shirts 20 bucks it used to be a ten dollar shirt so it is what it is you know we all adapt and we keep moving forward but i think people who love music they'll find a way to
0: make it work right right mark mike do you guys have any other input on that or Uh, i think that's pretty much it you know i mean you kind of make up the difference where you can and you know a lot of people you know have a little bit more money to spend on merch and tickets and stuff like that so
5: if you make a profit in this business you're already winning like, yeah. you don't go into this to say, you know, I'm going to get rich. You know <laughs> right, We went into yeah. this because we want to play music for a living. That's it. Like, I just don't want to have to work my day job. Right. You know, that's what my mindset was at the time. And I managed to get into a situation where I could support myself with music. And that's just the greatest gift ever. No, yeah. It's You know, you know it's funny. If, that... you, if you get rich, good on you. Spread the wealth. Try and help out another band. You know, do something for somebody else. You know, help right. a charity, whatever. Yeah, you know,
2: on the last last episode, I, I talked to uh, Justin Cotta, who used to be the singer for the band Memento. Played Ozfest in 2003, and he was telling me he just put out a solo album, which is why I was interviewing him. He was telling me like he worked in a call center just to be able to pay the rest of what well, he needed to pay sure. to get you know, the but album. recording out. costs <laughs> have
5: been drastically destroyed. Like, it used to be you'd have to go and spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get into a recording studio and write a record. And we do it over the internet. Right, right. You know, I record in my own studio in my own house, and I email the tracks to Mark, and then he puts them in the session and says, You overplayed here. Fix that. This (laughs) needs to be different. Hey, we rewrote this. He shoots it back to me. I re-record it. Send it back. It doesn't cost anything. Right, right. So the cost of making the records is now drastically reduced. I mean, you used to finish a oh, record. Cool. We, we better sell 300,000 of these cause we just spent right. you know a million dollars making it. You know, <laughs> right, and right, then right. it tanks and you owe a million dollars. You know, so that's out of the equation. Now you yeah. can, you can pay a decent producer to work from his home studio and then, you know, go to his, uh, like you said, you went to Clear Lake, which is a great room. You know, we do the drums there. We'll spend some money there, but we don't have to do the whole thing there. You know, there's a give and take. Just you got to be a little cunning and you know, find ways to technically cut corners, but you can still make a product. You're just going to have to learn how to record and learn how to do it correctly.
2: Right, right. I get that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a musician, but just this podcast, I yeah.
4: sort of figure it out as I go.
2: Like, oh. Yeah, yeah it's kind you're of. They're not renting
4: yeah. a radio station, right? No, like no, got, that's out of the equation now. You can <laughs> yeah. make your own. <laughs> yep. Yep. I tell my drum students that too. Like, you know, it's like, how, do, how do we make it? It's like, well, there's no clear-cut way to make it. That's the bad news, but it's also the good news because if you can multitask and if you can find yourself in a variety of situations doing a variety of things, you are more likely to make a living at this. You know, and even if it's not, you know, if, or, or, you know, if you get a gig playing some music that maybe you don't like or with people that you don't enjoy. It's, I mean, I'm sorry, the worst day on the road is still better than the best day I ever had doing a temp job. Right, right. You know, had a call like center.
3: that. <laughs>
4: yeah. That's <laughs> where I work now. I,
3: I
2: do it. I was telling Michelle, the, 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 per, the promoter here tonight, you know, I do it because I've got kids and I need to pay my bills. Do I love it? No, but it pays me $20 an hour. I can't fucking leave that job. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Absolutely, man. So, the only other thing that I, I've got to ask you guys, it looks like you had a you know, run a shows, as I mentioned, this weekend, and this is, this is sort of it for, for now. What is next? Well, we've got another,
0: I think, a weekend in L.A., Southern California, some dates in December, I know they're coming up. We're basically focused on finishing the record between now and then. But then I think there's uh, they're starting to open festivals back up. I, I think I saw, uh, let's see, our agent sent me an email, and it looked like Hard Rock Hell is on for next March. So we might be over in the UK uh, doing some dates next March. So we'll see. I mean, things are kind of a long way off, and I think everybody's a little tentative about it. Right, you know, right. Even crowds are a little tentative. But yeah, it's starting to come back. You know, I'm starting to see more people. Every show seems like there's a few more people than the last one, so... Mm-hmm. People are coming out of their
2: shells, man. Ready to rock and roll. I think people are pent up. It's right, been a long yeah, time, yeah. you know. That's the last time I was here as I stood at the top was last March. That was wow. the last time I was at this venue. I've been to one show since then. Again it was it was sorta of for the podcast. And it was a small acoustic show at a little a little uh, like restaurant and beer hall in my area. Uh, and it just so happened that, that that Mark Rizzo from Soulfly was playing with his acoustic project there. That but, guy's amazing. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, Acoustic Vendetta. Fucking love those things. <laughs> He's really talented. It's guy. him and, and the drummer from 40 Below Summer. And then their singer is just this dude that Rizzo knew from when he was in <laughs> high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's their vocalist. Who's Dewey.
3: Hi, Dewey. <laughs> <Hell?
4: laughs> Dewey's peering in all creepily. <laughs>
2: So, so basically, you got a couple shows coming up at the end of the year, next year. But the focus is is the new record.
0: Yeah, we're gonna try and get that done. Uh, I'd like to shoot some videos for it, and you know, even kind of once it's done, we still aren't done. You know what I mean? We got to kind of get ready to do everything you got to do to put out a record and do it properly. So, you know, it's a lot of moving parts, but
2: hell, it's labor love.
0: Can't yeah, complain. Yeah.
2: yeah, like like the same thing with you know, different 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 things, but similar so similar avenue. Like I said, I do this because I like to do it. I don't. I have a job in a call center. I don't, I don't, you know, my dad always tells me, you're you're not making any money off of this. You're wasting your time. It's like, no, I I like to support music. I like to get bands that I like out there for other people to listen to. And I don't give a shit that it's not paying me anything. You know, it's, it's, I enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And, eventually and then eventually, it, eventually might. it might pay me. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Sure. That's sort of how you, you get know. where
2: you go. It's the same with music. Yeah. Yeah. you do nothing, you get nothing. That's right. Yeah, I've yeah. been doing this as a hobby for four years just because it's fun. Yes, dude. <laughs> and I get Keep to talk up. to dudes like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But, all right, well, then that's uh, that's all I got. And uh, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for being on the show. All right, no, thanks, thanks for having us. us. Thank yeah. you, man. All
3: right.
0: pleasure. This is Mark Zavon of Kill Devil Hill on J. Bunny's Music Hub, and this is War Machine.
1: self-titled album that was kill devil hill with war machine i want to thank mark mike and matt for all being on the show i also want to thank mark for those bumpers he recorded for me that's fantastic i've never really thought to ask anybody that you offered to do it and and i really really appreciate it Uh, if you guys want to follow kill devil hill on social media you can follow them on facebook at kill devil hill music and on twitter and instagram at k l l d v l h l l so it's their band kill Devil hill without any vowels they, they took a page out of the chemical Straightjacket jacket book they took the vowels away <laughs> uh don't forget guys also if you support music the way that i do by buying it you can follow industry embers at industry embers on facebook and twitter and hashtag your music purchases with the hashtag, buy music B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. You can also follow J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Just look for J Bunny's Music Hub. And good news on the Patreon, I finally fucking did something with it. So I'm just going to take a couple of minutes to let you guys know what we've got. Obviously, any of this is subject to change. If anybody has any suggestions of tiers that should be added, tiers that should be changed, certainly let me know. But what we've got right now, the base tier, the official patron tier, it's $3 a month you're supporting the podcast and it gets you entry into any of the contests that I run on the show. Now you don't have to, you know, as they say, whenever there's a contest anywhere no purchase necessary, you know, anybody can enter the contest if they follow the directions, but being a patron will automatically get you entered into all contests. The next level, the advanced podcast info and input level, 5 bucks a month. Be the first to find out guests for the podcast as they're booked. I know that I generally do not make mention of who I have booked for the show until the recording is actually done because things are subject to change. And, you know, I'm, I've had times where bands will, you know, book and then they'll cancel the day of or they'll book and will record and then they said something they didn't like, so we have to do it over or something. So, so bear in mind, subject to change, but I will be making posts for anybody at this level on Patreon that tell you, hey, I've, I've booked so-and-so. Anybody on this level of the Patreon will also have the ability to submit questions for the show, and I'm going to select one for each show. I can't do more than that, because if we get 20 people, everybody submits a question. That's more questions than I usually ask in a show, so everybody on this level will be able to submit question suggestions. I will choose one that I like for the show, obviously, you'll get a shout-out for your question anybody on this level also gets the perks of the previous levels so you also get automatic entry into any contests on the show but no purchase is necessary for contest entry and finally the $10 level exclusive shows patron exclusive podcast episodes where I discuss the news of the week in metal and hard rock you can also interact with me during these episodes in order to join in on the conversation so right now I haven't obviously you know I set this up shortly after the last episode of the podcast but I've not done anything yet because I don't have I don't have any patrons yet. so once you guys start to subscribe, then we'll start doing these exclusive shows. now once again, any patrons at this level also get the perks of the previous levels. so you also get the ability to submit to find out guests before anybody else and to submit questions. You also get automatic entry into all contests on the show. But let me just once again say legal disclaimer, no purchase is necessary for contest entry. So, that's what we've got for the Patreon. $3, $5, or $10 a month to help me continue to keep the show going and and do what I love and bring you guys some awesome content. If anybody has any recommendations on changes to these tiers or additional tiers... Please let me know. You know how to find me. I just gave you all of my social media. So, you know, DM me. Let me know. Hey, uh, this isn't that good an idea. This is a better idea. Or uh, add this thing. I'm, I'm here for you. Um, so as for what's next for the podcast, I have three guests confirmed for the show. Not Not all together. Three separate shows. So that's three different shows that will be coming your way. Subscribe to the Patreon to find out who it is ahead of time, or just stand by and wait for those shows to be released. I also have some other emails out for guest requests to me, and I've made requests out to publicists. Uh, So, definitely things still to come, and I I can't wait to bring it to you guys. Like I said during the interview, I love doing this show. It's something that I do for fun. One day it'll be a job. Hell, if you subscribe to the Patreon, it'll make it... It may make it easier to make it a job if I get enough if I get enough people, uh, and then I don't have to work at the call center anymore. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> but uh, either way, I'm going to keep this going, and that's about all I've got for you guys today. I'm going to leave you guys today with a song from another song from Kill Devil Hill from their second album Revolution Rise, um, but I'm going to let Mark tell you what it is. Have a great day, everybody.
0: This is Mark Zavon of Kill Devil Hill, and you're listening to J. Bunny's Music Hub. This song is called Leave It All Behind.